Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. God laid this passage of Scripture on my heart, but I was not released to preach it last um, Sunday, but I do feel like I am supposed to speak on it today. The passage of Scripture that I'm going to read to you is something that I'm sure many of you have already heard before. Uh, It's something that... um, is used to call a nation to repentance. But we're going to take a little bit different approach to it today. But let's look at 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 7. Let's look at verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I shut up the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, Or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my faith, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. You may be seated. So often when we hear this passage of scripture spoken upon, it is indeed used to talk about repentance on a national level. What has happened here is that Solomon has completed the temple uh, that was being built in Jerusalem, and they've spent a great deal of time dedicating the temple to God and having feasts and um, performing sacrifices to consecrate that temple as instructed by God. And it was a big deal that this temple was finally done. God had placed it in David's heart to build the temple, but God had told David that since he was a man of war, he could not build his house. Uh, But what he could do was start gathering the materials. And so David began to gather those materials. And then under Solomon, King Solomon, David's son, he built this temple. This was a big deal because up to this time, their place of worship was a tabernacle that was made by the time at the time of Moses. Right. And there was no permanent place for God's presence to reside. This was a huge deal. By putting this temple here in Jerusalem, they were forever proclaiming to all the nations around them that their God was the God Jehovah of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. They were declaring that this was God, the God of the nation of Israel. And so after all of the consecration happened and all of the stuff to make the temple ready to use, God appears to Solomon in a dream. And he says to Solomon what I read to you today. He says, if there comes a time when I send drought and hold the rain back, if there comes a time when I send grasshoppers to eat everything or pestilence to destroy, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. He said they got to confess their wicked ways. See, God doesn't send pestilence. He doesn't send famine. He doesn't send drought or the insect to devour, typically, unless he's doing so 
through or for correction to his people. And the way that I would like to look at this chapter today is not on a national scale, but look at it as a, at a personal level. Sometimes in our lives, everything just seems to go wrong. Sometimes everything seems to break at the same time. Our relationships. Sometimes it seems that every time we get something, it's gone before we even had time or an opportunity to enjoy it. Um, I was watching my beautiful granddaughter over the summer, and we got her a water table. And the water table came with a cute little bucket, and you dump it, supposed to dump it, and it makes the stuff spin and, you know, gives her hours of enjoyment where you just watch her play and have fun and splash and everything. But one of the things that I learned very quickly was is that the bucket that she had that came with it had holes in the bottom. So that when she would take and scoop, by the time she got her little hand up to dump the water into the, 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 the top of it so that everything would spin and the water would run down, it would nearly be empty. And so she would dip it again and she'd pick it up and it would almost be empty by the time that she got it up and she would pour it in and nothing would happen. Just this little trickle would happen and nothing would spin and her, you know, all the excitement that was supposed to happen wouldn't happen and she just was fruitlessly, unbeknownst to her, she spent a, a ton of time just dip, try to dump. Dip, try to dump. Could not get a full cup of water to the top to make the toy do what it was supposed to do. Yet there she sat, not realizing that there were holes in the bucket. And so she just kept fruitlessly getting water. By the time she got it up to the top, it was empty. Water, empty. Sometimes in our lives, we literally stay in the same routine, seeking the same things, looking for stuff to fulfill us, but the problem is we're looking in the wrong places for fulfillment and we're wasting our time just like she did with picking that water up and bringing it up to the top to make everything right and everything work the way it was supposed to work. But God allows it to run dry before it gets to the top Amen. so that we never have true satisfaction. All we get is a trickle. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said that I've come to give you abundant life. Abundant life means joy, and it means peace, and it means happiness. It means that in the face of adversity, we still have, are able to rejoice, to give praise, to enjoy our lives. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but it does mean that we can have peace, even when it seems like things are broken, and it means that we can have joy and be excited about life, even when things aren't going perfectly. But the problem is, is that when you and I are apart from God and we're seeking fulfillment outside of him, our buckets run dry. Wow. And we can't seem to find fulfillment and we can't seem to find peace and we can't seem to find joy. We can't seem to find because by the time we get what we think is bringing us peace and joy, it's empty. I know that when I was in high school, my mom had taught me my whole life that I needed to give to the Lord. And that you give to him your first fruits. 
And I went through a period of rebelliousness when I was in high school where I decided that I was not going to give God, give to the Lord. I liked McDonald's cheeseburgers better than I liked giving and offering. I enjoyed uh, having my lunch every day on my way from school to work on my early work release program. And so I quit giving unbeknownst to my mother. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my car started breaking down. And I started having issue after issue after issue. And in my rebelliousness and seeking cheeseburgers, which happened to be my vice at the time, seeking cheeseburgers, God was allowing things to break where I could never have a moment's rest or peace. Now, on a teenager level, that's a big deal when you have a $100 bill to fix your car. When you're only making, literally, I made $3.10 an hour at one point. Half minimum wage at the time. Uh, so when your car broke, I barely had enough money to put gas in the car and buy lunch, let alone give to the Lord or fix any auto repairs. And I remember things just started breaking. I started having problem after problem with my car, and I was miserable and upset because it seemed like I had money before, and now I didn't have any. It's like putting sand in your pocket when you're a kid. You try to carry, do you ever have your kid, my kids did this, your kids probably didn't. Billy was the worst. He would fill his pocket with rocks to try to get them home uh, at the playground, or he'd fill them with sand, trying to bring the sand home. He doesn't probably even remember that. And every once in a while, he would have a hole in his pocket, and he would bring, try to bring his rocks and his sand home but when he got in the car, they were gone, and he would search for them. Where's my sand? Where's my rocks? He had a hole in his pocket. And no matter how much sand and rocks he put in, he kept losing his rocks and his sand. Many times when we're living in rebelliousness to God, no matter what we get, it's never enough. No matter how many good things happen, they are outweighed by the negative things. And God is trying to tell us that he's allowing pestilence. He's allowing things to dry up, famine and drought. He's allowing these things to happen to try to get our attention. So that we'll recognize that we're trying to get our fulfillment from someplace other than him. Amen. And he wants us to wake up and realize, hey dummy, you keep trying to get your fulfillment, but the cup is always empty by the time you get it to the top. I remember my mom continuing with that story. She found out that I was not paying my offering, and she let me have it. And she said, you mean I'm paying to fix your car and helping pay to fix your car, and you're not even giving an offering? She said, that's why your car keeps breaking down. Uh, and, uh, and, and here's the truth. The minute that I started giving again and foregoing my cheeseburgers, when I started putting God first again, remember in a teenager's life, putting cheeseburgers above God is, you know, a big deal, right? Uh, so and here I was putting this before God, but when I got my life back in order and I made God first, all of a sudden all those problems that I was having they dried up. When I asked God to forgive me and I began to live according to his word, then all of a sudden, he healed my land. My land at the time was a Pontiac Sunbird. 
right? My pride and joy. That was my teenager land. Your land may be bigger than that. Your land may be your house. Your land may be your family. Relationships that just seem to run dry no matter what you do. You're miserable. You seek joy in every place and substances and poor relationships and you wonder why you still aren't happy. And the reason is is because God is the only one that can give true fulfillment. Amen. He's the only one who can heal your land. Alcohol cannot heal your land. Drugs cannot heal your land. A girl or a boy, a man or a woman cannot heal your land. Amen. Your job cannot heal your land. Amen. Beer does not cause crops to grow. Only God's water causes crops to grow. Amen. Drugs does not cause crops to grow. Only the Spirit of the Lord causes crops to grow. Unhealthy relationships cannot cause crops to grow. Mm -hmm. Only the Spirit of the Lord can cause crops to grow. Amen. Many times in our lives we wonder why things are not changing, and it's because we're not changing. Amen. Good. We're waiting for circumstances to change, but we're not changing. And what 2 Chronicles chapter 7 is telling us is that if we change, if we repent, if we recognize, if we call out, God is waiting to heal our land. Amen. Whatever your land might be, your home, your family, to bring peace, to restore, to redeem the time, mm -hmm. to call upon him and he will heal your land. Some of us live our whole lives trying to find fulfillment and we simply cannot because we're looking in the wrong place. Some of us were raised in church and we know better. Amen. And things are just broken and we want to blame God and we want to blame everything else in our life for why things are broken or why we're having problems when the truth is if we would get right with God, if we would repent, he would heal our land. He would bring joy. Mm -hmm. You can't have crops of joy if you're sowing seeds of rebellion. Amen. If I'm sowing seeds of rebellion. I cannot reap crops of joy. I can't reap crops of peace. I can't reap crops of an abundant life. All I reap is death and misery. Amen. When you sow, rebellion, sow rebelliousness, the harvest is death and misery. That's why the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The only thing rebelliousness gets you and I is death and unhappiness and misery. But the free gift of God is eternal life. Amen. You know, if you grow up in church, you hear that so often, you begin to take it for granted. You begin to take for granted that 
the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life because you've heard it every day from the time that you were in Sunday school. But that verse means so much. If you're an adult, you easily look at your bank account. You ever had your bank account go in the red? I know that um, I've had my bank account go in the red before. I've had mistakes where I scheduled a bill for the wrong day to come out, and it came out two weeks earlier than it was supposed to because I wasn't really paying attention when I scheduled it. And you overdraw, and your balance goes red. I had an issue with BB&T one time where they were just messing up everything and processing payments. We almost switched banks because the way they were processing our payments, even though I had money in the account, they would process the payments before the money was in the account, even though it was all done at the same time. And I remember having weeks of going back and forth and having a red ledger. Well, when you have a red in your account, they call you and they bug you. They're going to close your account. They come after you because you have a negative balance. In our adult lives, that red ledger scares us. Not having enough to meet the need. Mm -hmm. But in our spiritual lives, we're content to living in the red. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Not recognizing that the free gift, God wants to make a deposit to your and my account. To bring it up the balance to where you're in the black. And not only that, he's willing to put such a large deposit that you'll never go in the red again. How awesome is that? He's willing to give so much that you never have to worry about being in the red again. That's what that really means. That if we sow in rebellion, we reap death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. We never have to be in red again. We never have to be miserable again. We never have to be joyless again. We never have to be peaceless again. Because of the God that you chose to call on and I chose to call on. It says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, one of my favorite verses, favorite verses in the whole Bible. If you confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead, then you are saved. For with the mouth one confesses to salvation. Amen. We only have to confess and he forgives. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just to forgive those who have not called on him. And he's faithful and just to forgive those who have called on him. Those who have not yet called, if you'll call, he'll forgive you. Those who have called but you've turned away, he'll forgive you. But you must only ask. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.